Welcome to Green Energy Futures. I'm David Dodge. In a control room filled with 20 computer screens, I started to get a sense of what happens in St. Mary's Cement Plant in St. Mary's, Ontario. I was looking at a camera feed from inside the kiln when my guide, Martin Vero explained what I was looking at. And that's the flame there. That flame there is probably six to eight meters long and is the source of about 40% of the greenhouse gas emissions that comes out of the stack. That six to eight meter flame heats limestone up to 850 degrees Celsius, causing a chemical reaction called calcination. That limestone breaks down into two things, lime and carbon dioxide. The lime is used to make cement, and the CO2, well, it's a greenhouse gas emission we'd like to see a whole lot less of. Energy is the number one line item cost at a cement plant. Over 40% of the cost of manufacturing cement is energy. St. Mary's Cement Plant produces 720,000 tonnes of cement and 540,000 tonnes of CO2 emissions each year. The cement industry has a big challenge on its hands. That's where an early stage company called Pond Biofuels steps in. They literally feed the smokestack pollution to algae. What Pond Biofuels allows us to do is reduce the emissions from the stack itself, from the end of tailpipe. So now what we're doing is taking some of the flue gas emissions right from the smokestack and sending it to Pond Biofuels where their algae process is metabolizing the CO2 and the NOx and the SOx and turning that into algal biomass. The idea is to help big industrial emitters reduce their pollution by feeding it to algae. Steve Martin is the founder and chief scientist at Pond Biofuels. I think that industry is looking for uh, realistic improvements in their carbon footprint. So the technology could ultimately scale to take 100% of the emissions, but if you could deliver a 5 to 10% reduction in what the facility is putting out, I think you'd have a lot of happy people both in the community and in industry. They've just installed a commercial scale 25,000 litre bioreactor in their Quonset. Producing algae at scale is step one. Finding markets for the thousands of tons of algae you produce is step two. When you look at it, what does it contain? About between 10 to 20% of it is oil that can be used for producing biodiesel. The remainder has a pretty high BTU value. It can be used as a coal replacement in burning, so a renewable fuel. It has capacity to be used as a soil amendment when you're remediating sites. There's also a considerable amount of protein and starch. It could be used as an animal feed or perhaps even for other uses along that line. The algae itself is naturally occurring. It was collected from the ponds right in the shadow of the cement plant. With its short lifespan, algae produces five to six generations in a single day, so it evolves quickly to adapt to its pollution-rich supply of smokestack carbon dioxide. And, surprise, surprise, it's not that stinky. Algae itself, when it's growing and healthy, smells very fresh, like fresh-cut grass. And as a matter of fact, one of its first outputs is oxygen. It takes the carbon dioxide, retains the carbon for its growth and other purposes and releases an oxygen molecule. So if you have a headache, a very good place to be is in an algae farm. If everything works out, someday you will see 10 to 12 acre farms of bioreactors producing thousands of tons of algae adjacent to cement plants like St. Mary's. Learn more about growing algae from pollution. Check out our photos, blog and video at greenenergyfutures.ca or drop a comment on Facebook or Twitter. For Green Energy Futures, I'm David Dodge.